Uh, we're coming to the end of our, our series in Philippians. Uh, it's going to be really good. Uh, next week, uh, Tara and Salmon are going to be finishing off the series for us. So that will be really good. They're going to be doing it together. And really, these last few verses from Philippians, uh, they're a call for church unity. That's what they're a call for. And a friend of mine um, uh, recently went to a wedding. Uh, his friend is called uh, Simon Holly. He went to a wedding and he sat next to this old, older person. And he said, oh, what do you do for a living? And it turned out that he was a guy that lectured in theology and wrote books. And then he said, oh, so what have you... You know, what books have you written? And he said, well, I only really write about one thing. And it's the Gospel of John. That's all I write about. And apparently he had written a whole load of books about the Gospel of John. And so Simon then said, oh, well, tell me, like, this might be quite an interesting moment. Can you summarize the Gospel of John in one sentence? And this guy said, nah, no, no, it's not possible. But he said, I can do it in one word if you want. And then someone said, oh, okay, that might be quite interesting. And he said, it's this, it's unity. Unity. That's what it's about. Unity. The people of God being together. And so this, 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 these few verses that we're really going to read, they're just a story about unity within the church, celebrating a joyful unity in the church. So let's, um, let's read these um, verses if we can. I'm just going to uh, crack on with them. Uh, they're from a version that you might not have read. It's called the New Testament for Everyone. It's an interesting uh, translation of the Bible. Uh, so Philippians 4 verses um, 1 to 9 it is. Well then, my dear family, I miss you so much. You are my joy and crown. And this is how you must stand firm in the Lord, my beloved people. I have a special appeal which goes jointly to Euodia and Syntyche. Please, please come to a common mind in the Lord. And here's a request for you too, my loyal comrade. Please help these women. They have struggled hard in the gospel alongside me, as have Clement and my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Celebrate joyfully in the Lord all the time. I'll say it again. Celebrate. Let everybody know how gentle and gracious you are. And the Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. Rather, in every area of life, let God know what you want as you pray and make requests and give thanks as well. And God's peace, which is greater than we can ever understand, will keep guard over your hearts and minds in Messiah Jesus. For the rest... My dear family, these things you should think through. Whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is upright, whatever is pure, whatever is attractive, whatever has a good reputation, anything virtuous, anything praiseworthy. And these are the things that you should do. What you've learned, received, heard, and saw in, in and through me, and the God of peace will be with you. 
So just very briefly, uh, we're just going to look at what are some of the things that Paul was trying to communicate to this church in Philippi. He loved this church. It was a wonderful church. He really, really loved this church. But there was this one issue. Firstly, there was this one particular issue, and then he moves on to something else. But there were these two women, Yodega and Syndica, had fallen out. Put your hands up if you've ever had an argument with somebody in the church. <laughs> Come on, put your hands up. Okay, those of you who don't have your hands up, somebody might have had an argument with you, but you're not with them, so it may well be. <laughs> who knows what these people had fallen... No, we don't know what they'd, these two women had fallen about over. We don't know what, what was said. But, you know, like somebody... These things happen, like somebody says something, and then somebody might hear something else. And then somebody else says something else, and it, you know... You think, well, that's not what I said, but this is what you heard. And then it, and sometimes these things like snowball and they can get bigger and bigger. Somebody in my extended family <clears throat> once had an argument in church about which child should play a certain role in a nativity play. And they didn't go to church for weeks. And then it came one, months. <laughs> I think, actually, that was probably about 24 years ago. And they stopped going to church. Hugely, hugely sad. But you know, these things happen. And if anybody who's been in around in church for a while, you think, oh, I know those things can happen. And what Paul is saying is, please, please, please be reconciled. Do whatever you can. And I think, you know, years ago we, we wrote this little booklet about how to, how to join the church. And also there was a little bit in the back that says, how to have an argument with somebody. <laughs> and basically it was saying the responsibility for sorting it out is always on you, not on them. It's always on you. You go. You apologise. You you make you be the first one to go. And actually, if we can do that, then there is a then there's there's hope that actually there's there can be reconciliation because actually the way that we do these things is so important for the outside world. It's so the early church was known because people loved each other and they were able to work through these things. And sometimes we think we have an argument and then we just like fracture off. But no, actually there was something of unity within the church. And so Paul is just saying, just beware. These things can have a massive impact. But when there's a church that's united and can work through things, then that is joyful. That is amazing. That speaks so much more loudly than if everyone just gets along and is happy all the time. But that is what Paul was saying. So Paul, he just deals with that little blip. He deals with those two little, uh, those two, uh, the situation that Euodia and Seneca had had. And then he gets on, he says, okay, now this is the bulk of what I really want to talk about. He says, I really want you to celebrate in the Lord. And what Paul is saying is in these verses, is he's not saying just go home and celebrate on your own. What he's saying is that I really want you to celebrate together. Now, did you know the bizarre thing is we set these verses 
like months and months ago. And I don't think actually we'd planned it that it was going to be a baptism and a dedication Sunday. But then you read them and you think, oh, this is just amazing. How many times have we done that? And we said, oh, this is an amazing coincidence. But what Paul is saying is, I want you to celebrate together. And what better day to do that than when we've got three baptisms and two dedications? And where's Hussein? Where's Hussein? Hussein. And not only have we got like uh, three baptisms and two dedications, but we've got baby Alp who was born this week as well. Another thing to celebrate. It's just joyful. But he's saying this, I want you to celebrate together. In, in these ancient cities, in Philippi and in Ephesus and in Corinth, they had loads of parties all the time. They were always having parties and festivals for like religious festivals. They would celebrate leaders. They would celebrate cities that they were involved in. And did you know that when, <coughs> when Tim spoke about money and spoke about tithing, did you know that there was a special tithe for? Parties. Come on! We should just have a special tithe for parties. That's what it's saying. Celebrate. Because the, like, the world celebrates everything. And there are all sorts of things. In the ancient world, they were having loads of parties. And it, now what Paul is saying, now I want you to celebrate this. Enjoy it. Enjoy what God is doing in our midst. Have a wonderful party. And then Paul says very briefly, he says this. If you learn how to celebrate together, three things will happen. You will get a peace of God that will fall on you. God's peace, which is greater than we can ever understand, will guard your hearts and minds in Messiah Jesus. And we, start, we pray that over people, but we forget what comes first. And actually what God is calling us to celebrate. See, no, this is what God is doing. And it is so good. And it is so joyful. And when we do that, then we will have this peace that passes all understanding. Put your hands up if you're stressed. Oh, I think I can see a few people that I think might be stressed. Okay, and do we think that we live in more stressful times than we used to? Yes. Yes. Do we? Yes. I'm not so sure. I think, I think there's more things that we can identify that make us stressful. But imagine living in feudal times when you'd have to slave yourself to the, you know, work to the bone and give everything to some feudal master. Imagine you just, anyone could be called to go off to war and then you just have to expect it to lay your life down willingly and happily for some master that you've never known. Imagine it's sort of like in ancient times when there were like plagues going around and people would be killed, life was cheap. It was stressful all the time. Sorry? said not so ancient. Not, not so ancient times. There were wars and deaths and plagues. But what Paul is saying, look, we live in a stressful time now. Times have always been stressful. But he's saying, no, I want you to learn to be the people that celebrate. Put Jesus at the center of our lives. Keep praying about everything. You know, it says pray about everything. And I, I don't know, just pray about the small things in life. Pray, ask God to break in. Last week, like I sat down on my sofa, had my coffee with my Bible, and I wrote this rant to God. And I said, blah, 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 blah. It's just awful. <laughs> no, it wasn't about Jill. <laughs> 
And I just say, oh, why is that? That, why is that? I've got to give it to you. You have to come and break in. And you have to do, and then I thought, right, I'm just going to go and take the dog for a walk and I'm going to go and pray. And God, I'm not sure if you're going to do anything, but I'm just going to try anyway. I don't know. And then I took the dog out for a walk, and then I was walking around the park, and then this, like, I could see this, this, this strange man, like, waving at me. I was thinking, who's, like, I don't know. Anyway, and I was sort of walking this way, and he said, oh, no, and it was Alan, Alan Mansfield. That's a strange man. He's not a strange man at all. I just didn't, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see who it was. And I walked over to him, and then in the end, we just ended up walking around the park a few times, and then he just said, oh, and Duncan, how are you? <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not always used to people saying that. And I think, I'm dealing with this. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. And then he's just like, How, are you doing okay? And I just, I felt that it was that moment when I, I just prayed and gave loads of stuff to God. And how God answered it was Alan just happened to be walking his dog at the same time. And then he just said, are you okay? And I just thought, oh, thank you, Alan. <laughs> thank you. It was just this moment when we give this stuff over to God. And I don't know, what you might be struggling with fizing, finance or housing. That was a mixture of those two words. <laughs> finance or housing or relation. I don't know what you, but I just urge you to, to find the place when it says in there, give these things rather in every area of life and let God know what you want as you pray and make requests and give thanks as well. Just thank God for what he's doing, but bring stuff to the Lord, even the smallest of things. And so the first thing it's saying is this, a when we celebrate together, a peace of God falls on us and then we begin to think differently. When we celebrate together, Paul encourages to think about whatever is true, holy, pure, attractive, good, has a good reputation, virtuous and praiseworthy. Why does my news feed fill with Harry and Meghan? Why? Because I looked at it, and why else? Why does it fill with Harry and Meghan all the time? Why is, it, why is Harry and Meghan in the news all the time? Absolutely. Because people love conflict. People love it. People just love tweaking it a bit. And like, and half the stuff I'm sure they're not actually saying, but they just love to wind it up a bit. So, well, I think probably they're going to get divorced soon. They'll probably get divorced. All the families hate each other. And it don't, you just need to realise when I read that, which I, you know, I, I, when I read that, I'm just perpetuating something where people are selling conflict to me. They're selling it to me. They're making money out of me reading about God. But there's something about human nature that just always wants to think about the negative. It always wants to think, oh, this has gone wrong. This has gone wrong, yeah. That's gone wrong. Well, that never would have happened before. Yeah, they were always like that. Always a bit itchy and scratchy. There's a natural default. And yet Paul is saying is this. I just want to urge you to train yourself to look at what is good and what is kind and what is wholesome. And sometimes I have to physically stop myself going down a rabbit hole of being negative. I physically have to say, no, Duncan, stop it. It's not helpful. But Paul is saying this, if, you want, if we want to be changed, if we want to be united, well, think what is good about somebody else. 
Think about what they have bought. Think about how they are changing. And then the last thing that Paul says is this. When we celebrate together, we begin to act differently. And unbelievably, Paul says this. Just copy me. Just copy me. Whatever you learned from me, whatever you got from me, whatever you heard about me, whatever you saw in me, just copy me. I wonder if we moved away from London and we moved to a new city where no one had ever heard about Jesus. No one ever heard about Jesus and they didn't have a Bible. And the only thing that they would define Christianity by is me. The way that I lived, the way that I talked, the way that I walked, the way that I put the bins out, <laughs> the way that I welcomed people, the way that I smiled, the way that I encouraged. You know, if, if it was only me, what would they turn out like? I think there's room for improvement. <laughs> Can I just say, Jill laughing heartily there is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, isn't it? What Paul is saying there is, just copy me. And actually, I feel there's a, a, an anointing of God to come on us to say, actually, just the way that we live, we want people to be able to say, I'm copying that person. I'm copying them. Because they embody something about Jesus Christ. Do you know, I, I think I see so many people in this church that actually, I want to copy. I want to be like you. The way that you've lived your life. And actually, you know, even some of the stories today that we're going to hear, I think, oh no, God is on you. God is on us. God is shaping us. But Paul is just saying, no, I want you to push into this more and more and more. We're going to move into the dedications in a moment. But can I just ask you to stand and I'm going to pray into this and then we'll do the dedications. So just stand briefly with me. Lord Jesus, we, we crave a united church. Lord, I thank you that it is not cheap. It doesn't come easily, but it is costly. But Lord, our, our unity comes from putting you at the middle. Our unity comes from worshipping you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us right now, that we would be the men and the women that others would want to copy because we're so consumed with you, that we would be an example to one another, that we would focus on all those things, Lord, that you give us that are admirable and good and true. And we say, Lord, would you help us? Holy Spirit, come and fall on us. You are welcome here to come and shape our lives. And we welcome it. We want you, O oh Lord, to come and sanctify us, make us more like Jesus. Those rough edges that we know that we have, we give them to you, O oh Lord. Those areas where we struggle, Lord, we give them to you. <laughs> we say, pour out your spirit on us. Mark us out as your men and women. Mark us out as those who celebrate all that you're doing. 
Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.